Welcome to the Unicorn Entrepreneur, the podcast that teaches women entrepreneurs how to create a business that earns more money. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury Brown, attorney, wife, French bulldog mom, beach bum, and owner of a multiple six figure business. And I'm excited to teach you how to become a unicorn entrepreneur. This podcast is for you if you have a business or want to start a business and want to learn the tricks and tools to get your first client, your first six figures, and so much more than that. If you want more money and more satisfaction, you're in the right place. Pull up your seat. Let's go get them, unicorns. Jason Buttiking is a digital marketing unicorn. He's a paid marketing manager at Paper Street Web Design. Jason has been working in SEO and paid for kicks for over a decade. He's helped over 100 businesses achieve better results through digital marketing, including my own. I'm so excited he's here on the podcast to deep dive on effective digital marketing, how to know if digital marketing is working, and how pivoting is an essential unicorn entrepreneur trait, and so much more. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Buttiking. Hey, Jason. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. I get to talk to you about digital marketing today. And just for you guys to know, Jason is my digital marketing manager. <laughs> you can't have him. No, no, Jason. <laughs> I'm <is>. good. And, <laughs> and when um, I started using, he worked for Paper Street, started using Paper Street, I have seen an increase in the quality of my leads. I've seen an increase in... Uh, my revenue and the customer service is awesome. Jason is awesome. And the CEO, he's awesome. So I've had a great, great, great experience. And I'm not being paid to say that or get any discounts either. <laughs> I'm paying full price. <laughs> Just so you know, so I wanted to bring, you know, I wanted to kind of uh, let them see behind the scenes of, you know, a, a team that works. And I run a, you know, a virtual divorce and family law firm injury as well. And Jason is my digital marketing person manager. So Jason, can you just walk us through a little bit about who you are and how you got into digital marketing? Sure. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, Jason King, paid marketing manager for Paper Street. Um, I have helped probably somewhere around a hundred businesses over the last decade uh, get better results through digital marketing. It wasn't something that I thought I would do. I actually kind of stumbled into this. Um, initially, I actually worked as a comedian in Las Vegas for one of the comedy shows that was out there. The president of the comedy show wanted to have our show appear higher in Google searches. And, you know, I grew up as a child of the internet. So, um, you know, learning how websites work and digital marketing and things on that end, uh, it was it was kind of in my wheelhouse um, in terms of that well, you're not technical gonna just, area. You're not going to just go by that. Uh-huh. So wait, you're a comedian. <laughs> let's, let's, I know this is a little off topic. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just going to try and squeak by this one. Um, so, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, what's called improv comedy. Um, if you've ever seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, that's essentially improv. Um, and we had a comedy style that is based on a form that's called comedy sports. And what it is, is you have two teams of comedians that are taking part in competitive improv games. And similar to like Whose Line, you know, the points don't matter. It's really just making sure the audience is having a good time. 
Um, and even the teams, you know, we'd change it up every single show. So it's not like these were like static teams. But when you're watching, especially like two groups of comedians that are trying to compete, the energy is always there. Every show just felt like it was just so lively. Um, you know, we had comedians from so many different backgrounds. Some people were more like intelligent wit. Some people were more like slapstick and physical comedy. Um, so we always had people involved in shows that whatever the audience was looking for. Um, and, you know, sometimes we'd have a show where they want more of those great like puns and dad jokes and things like that. You know, it was, uh, it was a really fun experience. And it actually all started as a college club. Um, it was something that I had just started attending. You know, we did shows at uh, UNLV in Las Vegas. Um, and then eventually the show moved into an off-strip casino. We started doing paid shows um, and eventually it ended up in Planet Hollywood. Um, and at one point after I had left the group, um, the show ended up stopping. But uh, it was just such a, an interesting experience because it wasn't at all something that I thought I would be doing in my life. Similar to, to digital marketing, um, I just discovered that I was good at it and I had a lot of fun um, and the group ended up going to some really interesting places and I met a lot of really great people from it. Love that. Like you monetize your gift essentially because I heard you say it was free 99 and then you got paid. <laughs> I like that. So what was the leap, you know, walk us through what happened from you being, you know, this college club, graduated from college. What was your major? Did you mention that? Uh, I was going to school for psychology at the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So psychology. <laughs> I do a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then now do you find in, well, first of all, let me go to the question I had originally, which is how did you make that leap? I think you mentioned what you did, but how did you make that leap from a young man with a psychology degree and <laughs> cracking jokes to getting paid for cracking jokes to digital marketing? So naturally, with the, the flow of the group becoming more and more professional, um, we, we really didn't make a lot as comedians. I don't even know if I, if I would call it a business success, the comedy club. Mm -hmm. um, but at least for our end, um, the show for itself, yes, it you know, was getting to new heights. We had a team of like 35 different comedians, and every show had six different comedians involved in it. But I was really looking for ways to... I guess still be able to help the group, help us get, you know, more seats filled, more awareness about the show. Um, so the president of the show ended up having this one point where he wanted to do whatever could be done to get us ranking higher in Google searches. So if somebody, you know, is a tourist and they search for Las Vegas comedy show or, you know, Las Vegas comedians or anything that was within that neck of the woods that we would appear you know, pretty high in Google searches that people would find us. Yeah. And with me being someone who grew up with the internet, um, you know, some of the digital marketing stuff I just knew about uh, just from my involvement online for so long. Uh, but I ended up really digging into it. And I found that, you know, <laughs> to me, digital marketing almost seemed kind of like a game. Uh, and I, I grew up as a kid playing a lot of board games, you know, my teenage years play a lot of video games. Uh, but being able to find the right strategy, the right, you know, testing different experiments on, on what's going to get us to rank higher and um, listening to a lot of experts and, and testing out some of their recommendations. We didn't do too bad. We actually had a really good social awareness. A lot of people found out about the show online and ended up getting tickets and coming to the show. Um, that wasn't 
something that ended up becoming my job at that point. Um, eventually, I, I ended up leaving the comedy show. Um, spent a year back home in Illinois where my family is uh, kind of taking care of my grandfather. And during that time, um, I really just dug into learning digital marketing. And I wanted to put those skills to the test. So I made a website and my goal was to see how quickly I can get that website ranking in Google. Oh my uh, and I picked I a topic this. area where they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, I wanted to make sure that my skill set, you know, I wasn't just blowing smoke that I actually, like I the knew. psychology degree coming into play. Cause it's like, you have a test, mm. <laughs> you have like a, you're doing yeah. an experiment to see, you know, group A versus group B. And isn't that a little bit like what digital marketing is about? Not to cut your story off. I know there's probably a listener out there who doesn't <laughs> really know what digital marketing is. So I think this might be a good place mm. for us to kind of define that. Oh, yeah. So digital marketing is basically your paid ads. Um, so, you know, when you do a search in Google, you see the the advertisements are at the very top. And they've got a little ad symbol on it. Um, it also encompasses what's called search engine optimization. Um, and that is your organic listings. That's where you show up in maps. That is usually a, a longer goal, you know, when it comes to paid ads, it's kind of like the sprint, right? Like you can start an ads account, start showing ads almost immediately. But in order to increase your position in Google, your organic position, you need to focus on the optimization of your website, making sure that Google understands what all your pages are about, um, building quality links to your website, having good uh, what are called citations, uh, which are business listings online like Yelp or Yellow Pages, um, all of that factors into your organic positioning. And digital marketing is really kind of the umbrella term for both your paid ads as well as your organic SEO efforts. Um, and it is definitely similar to a testing process. You know, Google doesn't give anyone, they have some basic guidelines. They'll tell you, you know, don't do this or you're going to penalize your website. And this is the kind of stuff that we recommend. But a lot of it is testing. It's it's trying out different tactics. It's, you know, reviewing the data. Um, I'm sure at some point during our call here, I'll talk about one of our big optimizations that we do in accounts that really helps businesses. Um, and it deals with knowing your audience. The majority of my day is spent either testing different tactics um, or, you know, reviewing those tests and using methods that we have found to work based on our, our past testing. So um, it is very much kind of like a science. It's, it's experimenting with, with different methods to make the business rank well and to get our ads in good positions for a low cost. Love that. So <laughs> I heard you say that there's, I call it the unicorn entrepreneur, there's a long marketing game and there's a short marketing game. Ideally, you would be playing yep. both if you want to, you know, invest in the future and also eat today. However, if I am a business owner and I am on a shoestring budget and I need to get phones ringing today, what would you recommend? If you're looking for short-term gains to either build enough capital for your business in the long run um, or just getting some, some good initial business rolling in, um, it's definitely going to end up being more of the paid ad side, like Google ads, Bing ads. Uh, depending on your business, Facebook ads might be beneficial. But ultimately, those advertising uh, networks will let you get seen by people 
uh, have a, a very large audience of people that will end up seeing your ad, know about your business, but you know, you're paying on a per click basis. So everyone who interacts with your ad is going to charge you for that click. And depending on your industry and how competitive your area is, um, that's really going to dictate a large part of how much those clicks cost. But as long as you, you know, when, when those people click on your ad and they get on the phone with you, you know, if you know your business well enough that, that you can really explain it to these people and, and sell them, you know, Google ad is, is only part of the sales process. You still need to win over uh, those potential clients, those potential customers. But I think Google ads is pretty much the, the main focus of what short term business growth in terms of digital marketing is. That's so good. So Google ads is the way to go. That's a part of the sales process. People would have to still yep. be able, bare face and flat foot, as my grandma would say, sell, convert their lead. That's not your job. <laughs> but the phone will be ringing. That's, that's what a digital, a great unicorn digital marketer like yourself would facilitate. Hmm. Then you still have to convert it, yep. right? So, I mean, we were back in Illinois when I interrupted you, taking care of grandma, <laughs> learning about digital yep. marketing. Continue, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, uh, so I tested out, um, and, and this is me on the SEO and more of that long-term digital marketing goal of getting yourself positioned well in, in organic searches. Um, I was trying to find an area where there was a decent amount of competition and it looked like it's something that I could rank on page one of Google for, uh, within, you know, a certain number of months. So I, I chose, uh, the topic area was how to be a good bartender, which I know is silly, but you know, my goal was more so testing the technical side of my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I created this website and I probably put about, I'd say two hours a day for three months into it. Um, and eventually on a national level, I did end up on page one for a couple of different keywords. Um, you know, I started seeing a couple thousand of people, a couple thousand people a month visiting my website uh, from Google and some of the places that I had built links and stuff on. But it it gave me, I guess, that that foundation that okay, I have the technical skill set. I I'm making this work on purely just my own willpower and drive to, to succeed. Um, and eventually I ended up leaving Illinois and I moved to Colorado. And within the first week of moving here, I got hired at a pretty successful digital marketing firm. Mm -hmm. And this was with me only having that personal experience and that drive to succeed in the industry. You know, I didn't have a really a company that I'd worked for. I did some freelance stuff kind of here and there. Um, while I was in Illinois, as well as partially at the end of, of my time in Las Vegas. But I feel like Illinois is where my skill set really took off. But I managed to, you know, in a very competitive industry, get a position at a, a company. Um, and I ended up working there for three years. We, we handled cosmetic dental clients, pretty high-end clients. You know, I didn't think in my life that I would be able to attain that kind of successful career position um, purely based off of me just wanting to learn this, wanting to get good at it, and putting that that time and that willpower in. Well, that's awesome. Um, so you were self-taught. This is an area that people go to school and have all of the whatever, but you actually knew how to do yep. it. And you had so how did you sell yourself um, on that interview without you know you have a kind of a <laughs> background, right? You're a psychology major, improv. 
and then you did it this for your boss and then I, that was successful to some extent and you were curious and then you mastered yep. something that you had natural i guess gifts and affinity for how were you able to sell that into a, a coveted <laughs> job i'm just curious <laughs> so um I'm a very kind of data-based person. Um, so I end up going into that interview really just showing, you know, here's this website that I took from nothing to page one within three months. Um, these are the different things that I did to achieve it, you know, and I explained why I did certain decisions and things like that. And I think the other half of it was that I was very interested in the company itself, like what, what kind of methodologies, you know, do you guys use, um, you know, what kind of clients do you handle? So I think it was a mix between me showing my passion for digital marketing through presenting essentially like a portfolio that this is a successful piece of work that I did to show my skill set. Um, and also really showing my, my interest in progressing within this career and really working for that company. Um, and I think those, all of that kind of came together to give me that foot in the door to, to start me off working in this, in a, in a more of a professional basis. You came with your evidence and your results <laughs> and your curiosity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it sounded like, yeah, that, that did it for you. So now we've explained to the audience what digital marketing is. So, and we also define that for the person who hasn't invested in digital marketing, I know I can speak intelligently when I was a brand new virtual business owner and versus, you know, my first month with digital marketing, the phones rang more and more. Now you talked a little bit about knowing your audience. So if I were coming to you, your company, and I need, I, I was interested in signing up for digital, digital marketing, and I just needed the phones to ring now, what are some things yep. that I could know about my company and my ideal client that would help you to do your job? What are the things that I would need to know? Sure. So some of the biggest pieces, uh, and I'm going to talk about this more from a Google ads standpoint, because that is really like the, the most foundational piece of, of digital marketing is working with Google. That's where your audience is. That's where the vast majority of our world goes for, or at least our country goes to for uh, doing searches online. When it comes to Google ads, there are so many different demographic settings that we can use. So maybe, you know, maybe you're a divorce lawyer who wants to get more like male clients. Maybe you like working with, with men and their divorce. Um, you know, we can tailor ads to men and we can even set up the, the demographics so that we're showing ads only to men or maybe have it more like, you know, male leaning. We put more bid, more money in that direction. Well, how detailed um, maybe, can you guys get? If oh, I sure. wanted only to them to be in a particular income bracket, can we do that? Or if I wanted them to only be in certain zip codes, can we? Um, oh, definitely. Do that. Yeah, if you uh, if you wanted to target men who are in the top twenty percent income demographic within a certain zip code, and you only want to target them on Wednesdays after four p.m., you can really get granular with your targeting in Google Ads. And that's what makes it really powerful is that the more that you know your audience, the more that you know that, you know, these are the age brackets where I get a lot of good leads. These are the, the zip codes where I get a lot of business. The more that you know about your audience and the more that you can use that information to tailor your campaigns, 
the more successful that Google Ads is going to be for you. You're not going to end up spending money on people who are not going to be helping your business. You can really tailor those ads, even the ad copy, the words that people see, you can tailor that to your audience to increase your success. So knowing your audience is is a big piece of Google Ads for sure. And let's say you're starting a business from scratch, you can just define your audience, your ideal audience and make educated guesses about I always say, just make up a person. And that's what I do. (laughs) And I give them a whole name and everything. And I'm like, my ideal client, his name is Brett. He's a football fan. He, you know, got divorced. He's getting divorced recently, but he wants to be involved with his, you know, kids. He makes between $30,000 and $250. Or in a different field, Mm -hmm. like I also do coaching. Could be my ideal client is a woman and she's between ages 25 and 55. And she has a business but cannot get consistent income and doesn't have systems and processes in place. And she likes Beyonce and Lizzo and she also likes, you know, <laughs> the backstreet or whatever. And she starts she's a Starbucks yeah, yeah. girl. And that kind of gives you a little bit more English of like what she'd be interested in as far as like zip codes. Cause if it's a zip code without Starbucks, she's probably not going to be there. For instance, like you'll, you'll have to, <laughs> if it's a Dunkin' Donut zip code, that's not for her. <laughs> so <laughs> stuff like that. So would you say that literally knowing specifically down to the detail, it makes it more easy. And then you did say earlier that it's database. So you would set, you know, you would uh, put those inputs into Google and then based on the results, you can alter them, et cetera, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's using those kind of sales personas uh, definitely can help. Um, and a good example is one of uh, the recent campaigns that we launched was for, there's a, like a social application that got hacked and the hackers stole a lot of personal information. Mm-hmm. And that app primarily had a younger audience, people that are under 18, Okay. So with kids who had their information be taken, wow. um, well, you can't, you can't really target ads to people that are under 18. These ad networks are really 18 above. So we had to think, okay, if we want to connect to this audience, you know, we should really focus on their parents. So we ended up looking at parents who this, this application was kind of more entertainment based. So we ended up doing ads that were very specific and to the point that if a parent had a kid who used this application, They'd see that ad, they know exactly what it's about. But we tar- or targeted parents within age groups that would have children, likely have children within that neck of the woods. Um, we set it up so that we were just focusing on those, on people who were parents. And this was Facebook ads, um, where you can do those kind of targeting. You can target people who have kids. Um, and then people who had an interest in like entertainment and pop culture. And at the end of the day, this was what would have been a campaign that would have been really difficult for us to make successful. But we had this this persona of the kind of person, this parent that we wanted to go after. Um, and we ended up getting that law firm quite a few leads and they were really happy with that campaign. So, you know, coming right out of the gate with a sales persona, uh, that, that definitely can help you. The more you think out of the box about what kind of people you want to target, um, that'll really help you when you're setting up, you know, those targeting settings in your campaign. But it doesn't stop there. So... Uh, I mentioned me being kind of a data guy. Sometimes we end up launching campaigns that we don't have those really fine granular settings in place. You know, we're not targeting people by specific zip codes. Instead, we're targeting 
you know, a whole county because we know that this is where we want to show ads, but we don't have the information yet. We don't know what zip codes are going to be successful just yet. And at about two to three months of running a campaign, we have so much user data in the account that we can look at the zip codes and go, okay, well, this zip code produced three conversions. Mm-hmm. And when we followed up on those conversions, you know, one of them became a really good client. This zip code is is pretty good. Um, you know, this other zip code spent a lot of money. It didn't really result in anything over the last three months. Maybe we take the bid down in that zip code to kind of conserve more of that money, uh, more of the budget, and instead increase the bid in that good zip code by like five or 10%. So a lot of our big adjustments that we do are based on the actual user data coming into the account and us just doing these small, what I call micro bid adjustments so that we can over time more and more, put more and more focus into the people who are likely to become good clients. And we do that based on the actual history in the account, the people who have been interacting with the ads, who have been converting, uh, where we know that data is accurate because it happened. It wasn't a guess that the zip code was good it's because we see that it's good and we can make adjustments to make it stronger. So it's mixed between personas early on, uh, as well as following the data later and making sure that, you know, you can, are constantly tailoring your campaign so that you have this really well-optimized machine uh, that, that's getting you good leads from the right audience. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with the tools and tricks to help unicorn entrepreneurs level up their businesses. Now to increase revenue, add more zeros to your bank account, it's necessary to create, nurture, and convert the tribe. I've used several email service providers and I've discovered that ConvertKit is the best by far. They're flexible, easy to use, and they have amazing customer service. That's not all. ConvertKit makes it super easy to give out opt-ins or lead magnets. You can also add multiple lead magnets and forms to the same list, which is awesome. ConvertKit also makes it super easy to automate emails to your tribe. Want to sign up and support this podcast? Great. Go to the show description and double-click the relevant link. Now back to the show. Now, if I am new and I have a shoestring budget, let's say a modest budget, and I'm just putting this out there, I actually started with a $300 budget when I first started. I didn't start with you guys initially, (laughs) but let's say I started, (laughs) I have a $300 budget. What approach would be the best? Would it be better to go with a broader approach or a more specific approach or just what approach in general would be best when you have a smaller budget? So if you have a smaller budget, I would recommend going as specific as you can um, because, you know, maybe it's only targeting a couple miles around your office. You know, if you have a physical office for your business, you want to try and narrow it down so that you are both reducing your competition and in that same line, uh, making yourself more I guess, front row center for a lot of these people. Um, And when you have high competition, if you've got a lot of businesses that are running ads uh, at the same time that you are for the keywords that you're choosing, um, and the keywords would be, you know, things that people are searching in Google. You know, if you're touching back on like a divorce lawyer, you know, you would have divorce lawyers, one of your keywords. 
So that way, if anyone's searching for a divorce lawyer, maybe they're looking for a divorce lawyer near me or top 10 divorce lawyers in my area, like whatever their search is, you want to make sure that you're targeting the right keywords so that you're showing up for those searches. But if you have a lot of competition, they're going to be driving your cost per click up. And that means every single click is going to eat into your budget more and more. So the best approach is to try and be really specific. You know, maybe you don't go after divorce lawyer as a keyword term. Maybe you go after divorce attorney, which might be cheaper per click. Maybe you go after um, divorce law firm as a keyword, which much less people search for. But there's also less competition behind these law firm-based searches. And you might be able to get some pretty low, like low cost, but high quality clicks. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a small budget, you really want to want to look at areas where you can get your foot in the door. Um, you know, you can get some pretty low cost clicks, get that data coming in where you can make better educated decisions later. You know, you see a lot of zip codes that are doing well. You can focus maybe just on those zip codes. So maybe you start off with kind of a larger area, but then, you know, based on the traffic coming in and the kind of calls that you're getting, you decide to just zero in on, on one or two zip codes and just do really well in those areas. Yeah. And once you've got, you know, good ROI, once, you know, these, these leads are, are turning into clients and your business is getting more profitable, then you can look at expanding your budget, maybe expanding your targeting and kind of grow your business outwards uh, to be more competitive and to get more of those, those bigger clicks from, from larger areas. But I think the more specific that you start, is usually the best approach, especially if you have a limited budget, because then you can really feel out what zip codes do well for you and how you can adjust your keywords to get that that lower cost traffic. And a lot of it is playing the numbers. You know, sometimes competition's really heavy and you want to target some of these keywords that are are less expensive just so that you can get a lot of people interacting with your ads. You have a lot of interest. Um, and you know, maybe you get 10 calls and Six of them are kind of like mid-range quality and four of them are higher end quality. Um, it's better to have that than three high-end calls that just didn't happen to convert. Um, so I think focusing on, yeah, yeah where, where that lower competition is. Yeah, not the Definitely. quantity, but yeah. the quality. Because then you don't want everybody. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings me right into my next question, which is, if I'm looking to hire Google AdWords, whether I have an online business, whether I'm a coach, whether I'm an attorney, whatever, what are some ways that I know, like I'm giving my money away to this agency or this person? How do I know that it is working? Is there anything, any, any kind of indications that I can be looking for to like, okay, this is working effectively or, you know, make it the part of the sales process where the phones are ringing, which is the part that the digital marketing is supposed to increase. Is there any way for me to know it's working and, and, and is it of quality? Yeah, because Google ads and Bing ads and all of these paid advertising networks are essentially, you know, immediate. Once you launch your campaigns within an hour, your, your ad should be displaying. If during that first month, you're really not getting the phone call, like the phones aren't ringing more, um, you're not getting as many emails as you thought that you'd be getting, definitely present it to the company and just say like, Hey, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. And, and, you know, this is still an effective campaign that you could run. Um, but definitely hold them accountable. Um, you know, check in with them often, uh, marketing companies. And this is, 
especially us here at Paper Street, the more active that you are with your marketing company, the more present that you are in what they do, generally the more successful your campaigns are going to be. So yeah. a lot of it is, you know, like marketing can be scary. Like a lot of people will look at it as, as a, a thing that they just want to hire somebody for and then let them kind of work their magic. Uh, but you need to still be somewhat present to make sure that it's not a company that is not treating your business the way that, that you would. You know, they're really working to get you good leads. And if at the end of the first month, you really don't notice any difference, you know, maybe they're not doing something correctly. Maybe they're running Google Ads campaigns uh, that are, you know, lawyer-based Google Ads campaigns where they have keywords in there for people that are searching for, you know, free legal help. And we actually just had a client that came to us um, over the last week that that was their biggest complaint is, and they were spending a lot of money. They were spending upwards in the 10 to $20,000 a month. Okay. Uh, and some, the company, they were, penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yes, so question, you know, the company they were uh, working with. A clarifying yeah. question about that. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're good. You're good. But so <laughs> what I hear you saying is that just because you hire an expert, it's not, you can't abdicate the responsibility of being the CEO. Like the point of why I'm doing this podcast is that I think what I've done in every area where before I hire or facilitate something out, I mm. want to have a working knowledge of myself of what this is. I don't want to be an expert. Then how do I track yep. whether or not this is working? So for me, I have an intake CRM and I know all the leads that Perfect. come in how they come in, whether they come in from form from my site, whether they come in from someone texting our 888 number, whether they come in mm. um, from a phone call. And when they are, my receptionist asks everybody, like, how did you find us? They tell us that's placed into the CRM. Now I then am able to tag in the CRM, you know, how many of my leads are coming from Google ads, word of mouth mm. or employee referral. So I knew that when I hired you guys, I looked 60 days out and there was an increase of not only conversions, which has to do with my sales process, but there was an increase in quality leads. Because it's not just my phone ringing, it's my ideal client calling me for services Mm. that, you know, and that is what I look for. So I do think that number one, just to, you have to be tracking and this is not application, Mm. right? Because you have to yeah. still manage. It's like, I don't have an in-house marketing person. I am hiring a company mm. or a person to do it, but I still have to manage that to some extent. I have to advocate for myself and make sure and ask questions. And you know, I love to ask questions. So would you agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, tracking, tracking, tracking. Uh, you know, tracking your, your web form lead. There's ways that you can you can set up these forms so that you know that they're coming from certain sources like Google ads. Phone tracking is really important. A lot of, a lot of people nowadays also turn to chat uh, websites. Sorry, I said that's so weird. Chat. Um, you know, ch- websites say that it again. <laughs> <laughs> chat. Um, a little spice on there for us. It's okay. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're dealing with an age that's, we have more and more people that are growing up with the internet and they're used to, you know, direct messages on Twitter or, you know, chatting with people on Facebook or, you know, doing really brief video type things on TikTok. Like a lot of these very not direct connection 
conversation methods um, where we see a lot of really good success from chat software on website. Um, and there's a couple of good companies that that really do well um, in the legal neck of the woods. There's a company called Engage, which is amazing. Uh, when it comes to phone tracking, there's a couple really inexpensive options. Um, call Rail is a big one that we use. It's usually really low cost. Any call that happens, you know, it gets pulled into this call rail system and you can grade those calls. So you can grade it as like a thumbs up or a thumbs down on how good that call was. Um, you can even put in some keywords, you know, maybe this person was looking for a certain product that you offer and you can note that in call rail. And what's nice about call rail is that to make it work, you literally are just adding this segment of code to your website. And if somebody comes to your website from Google ads, it automatically changes all of the phone numbers on your website over to that tracking number. So you make sure that all the calls from Google Ads are going into CallRail and you can track them, their length and time, where those person, those people called from. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, the more tracking that you can do, the more that you will be able to adjust your, your marketing uh, to really meet your goals. And it lets you not just guess on what is successful, but to be able to measure it. Um, you know, like with you, you know, before you had worked with us and after you had worked with us, because you track, you know, the quality of your leads, you know, how many leads are coming in. So you're able to measure that success and not just take our word for it. Um, so yeah. yeah, tracking is so important. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. So I do have one more question before we close out. Mm -hmm. I know we're more of a statement question. <laughs> I know you have, you are an entrepreneur yourself. You have your own company. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and maybe how you use digital marketing? Because <laughs> you're amazing at pivoting and being exceptional at everything you do. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? A little fun Thank fact you. about Jason? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so as a, uh, I believe it's called a side hustle. Um, I have a, uh, it's a game design company. I, kind of stumbled into, into it, much like a lot of things in my life. Um, had a dream about this one game. And when I woke up, I, I started writing down everything that I could remember. Uh, and I've been working on it for the last, uh, it's over six years now. I do use digital marketing uh, to try and get the word out there more, mostly Facebook. Um, a lot of things when it comes to game design, Facebook's a really good avenue. Um, Instagram is great. Uh, but I also do a lot of physical marketing. Um, in 2018, I think I had attended about 22 conventions uh, all around the world, just showing off my game, a lot of places that I were, I was invited to. Um, so being able to discuss, you know, my product on a physical level and not just, you know, showing ads and, and things like that to, to build interest, but mm -hmm. um, being able to get that message across to people in a very short period of time. Um, and that's kind of a skill set that I've learned from from my side company of, of this game. That's awesome. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about the PDF? I know you provide us with the PDF, the best practices of digital marketing, because that's going to be in the show notes so that everybody can look at that. Yeah, absolutely. So Paper Street put together this PDF that's really just giving you a nice sort of overview of the important points when it comes to marketing your business online. Um, and it's not just Google ads, you know, the, the best practices for your ads or even your SEO, um, that organic style of marketing, but even down to web design, you know, knowing the important elements on the, the page that's going to help your business. Um, and what I had mentioned earlier that, you know, you, your ability to 
to sell those leads that, that come in um, is a part of that process. Another part of the process is making sure that your presentation from start to finish matches the quality of your business. So if you have a website that looks like it was designed back in 1996, that's probably going to hurt you because uh, your competitors <laughs> are probably using it. I mean, you didn't say 1996. Did you? <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. Um, we go all know, back like, to 96. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, like if, if a competitor is presenting a higher quality, you know, website compared to what you're doing, you're probably going to lose out on some of that business. A lot of people will follow the quality. They're going to look at the two websites and they're going to choose your competitor over you, even though you've already paid for that click in Google ads, they may not decide that they're, they're going to call you. They're going to call somebody else. You know, your website, that's a big piece of that, of that sales process. And this PDF, um, it goes through a lot of the very important elements of web design. Um, even on the web development side, you know, making sure that your website is mobile friendly, that it appears the way that you, you want it to on mobile, that it's easy for people to navigate. You know, if you're getting like a, it's called an SSL. Um, it just lets people know that your website is secure if you're taking information in. All the way down to you know paid ads, like what we had talked about during the the podcast here, um, into SEO logos, you know, social being able to do well in, in Facebook. Um, so it's just a really nice comprehensive list of the important elements when it comes to you bringing your business online. Yep, and that's going to be in the show notes. It's actually really good. I read it amazing and i can attest about the website i had like my original website up until recently and when i started i only had a thousand dollars to my name when i started my virtual law firm and i paid for that website five hundred dollars in like a bucket of chicken and i was able to make <laughs> a lot of money but my website was slow and not that mobile friendly and now that i've switched my website i see things my conversion rates and phones are ringing a little bit more because if someone takes a long time for someone to get onto your website, they're already onto the next thing, the, the website that works properly yeah. and it's shiny and it looks good. So that's 100% sure. Um, 100% true. I do advocate like if you only have a sh- small budget, I spent that money on Google ads. I converted my leads into more money. And with the more money I then did like, the refining of the websites and all of that. That's my, you know, perspective, but you might have all the money, honey. And if you do do it all, <laughs> do it all at once. <laughs> but that, wasn't, that wasn't my thing. So thank you so much. I see that we're at three o'clock. Now, <laughs> you know, we reached the one hour mark here for the time we spent, but I do want to say that I invited you on this podcast because you are a unicorn. Uh, when we spoke, you told me your story. I was fascinated. I was fascinated of your ability to pivot, your ability to take everything that you've learned from psychology to comedy, to digital marketing, to your passion to game, gaming, to turn it into the life that you love, to turn it into serving people, to turn it into, oh, you said you like, I remember when you and I spoke, you said that you love uh the fact that it's like a puzzle, it's a game, it's not the same thing every day. That's what I like about what I do too. Yeah. So that's what unicorns mm. do. We take all of our skills, we build the life that we love and businesses that we love, if that's what that means. And I just want to say thank you for being the unicorn digital marketer, but you're really great at pivoting and you're an inspiration to everyone. Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate <laughs> you. 
No, and thank you so much. And thank you for having me and, and giving me some, some time to talk shop about digital marketing and, and getting businesses online. Yes, I appreciate it. Okay, well, that's the end of the episode. Thank you everybody for joining us and let's go get them unicorns. Bye. Want to be a part of a community of amazing women unicorns crushing it in life and business? Then head over to our private Facebook community, The Unicorn Entrepreneur. It's free and fabulous. The benefits are plentiful. Community of forward-thinking women, access to me. And if you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the podcast, we continue some of those conversations and we deep dive. We look forward to serving you. Let's go get them, unicorns. Unicorns.